0: Welcome to WP Contribute, shining the spotlight on the people behind WordPress, people like you. I'm your host, Christina Workman, and now let's meet today's guest. Hello, and thanks for listening to WP Contribute. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Sandy Edwards. She is the youth event working group leader, which is part of the community team. Sandy is a project manager and developer at her company, Data Driven Labs, and has a passion for educating kids and teens in technology, especially WordPress. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Is there anything else you wanted to talk about other than what we mentioned in your intro or expand on?
1: I think you covered it. That That's a lot about me and, and pretty much what I do, especially on my little corner of the WordPress project.
0: Awesome. Well, let's get right into that then. The Youth Event Working Group. Why don't you tell us what that is all about?
1: Oh, yes, of course. So basically <laughs> with, the, with the working group, it's a sub team, basically, of the community team. And so what we focus on is um, formulating and creating Uh, all of the backbone that goes into if you wanted to create an event for youth in your meetup or in your WordCamp. So we have put together um, ways for you to do background checks on anyone who's going to be working with kids in your area. Uh, We also have put together uh, curriculum ideas, and by no means are those cut and dry or black and white. They are just very... Good suggestions of a place to start in case you just don't know what to do. And on top of that, we've put together a team of individuals who are there to help mentor and guide and lead uh, so that all these new camps and new meetups can start having events for kids on a more regular basis.
0: That's excellent. I am a big fan. As you know, um, we have put on what we call, referred to as kids camps in Calgary the last couple of years. And uh, big thanks to you and the team for help with those. I know that uh, we have used some of the resources and they have been very useful.
1: Well, I'm glad that you find them useful because sometimes I wonder if when you have a whole team putting things together, if things you know don't get added or if they could be better. So I, it's really nice to hear that that they're helping out.
0: Sometimes just having a place to start, right? Instead of having to think of all the things by yourself, like background checks. I don't know if I would have thought of that immediately on my own, partially because, I don't know, I'm okay with my kid doing these kinds of things. (laughs) So I don't think about it.
1: Well, I think part of it too is regionality. So Um, One of the the downsides of the U.S. is we're a very litigious society. So being uh, painfully familiar with that mindset and that attitude, one of the biggest things we want to prevent when you're at an event and you're dealing with kids is that risk and mitigating any type of risk you might have. And so that's kind of the mindset that I take as the team lead or the, the working group lead is really taking on and evaluating all of those potential risks and making sure that we're helping the community mitigate those before there's a problem. Uh, The last thing you ever want to do is hold an event and then end up at the end of the event having a slip and fall or some other incident happen and someone gets injured and then you're going, oh, well, you know, we could have either A, prevented this or B, had something in place to protect the the volunteers, the venue. Um, so we work with attorneys in the area, at different regions to create uh, like liability waivers. And um, then of course, we run the background checks. And so really it's just to create a safe event and a safe place for these kids to come and focus on learning instead of having to worry about the last thing parents want to worry about is, is there, you know, an offender in the room or someone who has been convicted of a violent crime? That's just things you don't yeah. want to have to worry about as a parent. Exactly. So we try to to take that, that worry away.
0: Yeah. And just because I know who I am and I know and trust the people who I've had working, helping out on our kids camps, doesn't mean that the parents know. <laughs> so exactly. fair point, right? It gives them that peace of mind as well.
1: Exactly, and we make it clear that it's anonymous, and we make it clear that it is solely there for the purpose of protecting the kids. Um, and one of the great things is we use a system where I literally send an email out to someone who wants to participate in a kids event, and they upload a picture of their ID and their full name, and the the company runs the full background check. I never see anything other than clear or not clear nice so i'm not seeing their id or their driver's license number or any of their identifying information Uh, Mm -hmm. i see first name last name and clear or not clear right
0: and so So, then if it's not clear you have no clue what the issue is either so there's no not really any risk to anybody wanting to to help out exactly involved
1: well and what's cool is this company actually reaches out to the applicant and says hey you didn't clear. Do you want to pull your application or do you want to keep like, do you want to explain to us what it is and then we can figure out if that's something that they are willing to accept or not willing to accept? Okay, because of you know, maybe you were charged with something but it got dropped, right? So, but it's still on your record as a charge, so you know, they know what we're okay with as a volunteer organization Mm -hmm. so that they can mitigate those situations as well and then say clear or not clear. So I never know if they even have something on their record, but maybe it was dropped or, you know, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, we want to make sure we're giving the benefit of the doubt to as many people for as long as possible, because we do we are in a volunteer situation, and you know, we just want to make sure that the kids are safe. So um, mm-hmm. And really the only thing that we're checking against, which is really cool too, be able to limit it the way we have, is uh, violent offenses and offenses against children. Right. So like, anything else? Eh, petty theft? Eh, right. you nicked a chocolate bar exactly exactly maybe it was for the kids (laughs) it's a happiness bar what can i say yeah (laughs) but but yeah and it's it's great to have a team of people who've been able to put all of this together and who've worked really hard on documentation and putting a handbook together and giving people you know that that jumping off point because Mm -hmm the biggest thing I get from people who want to do an event is, but where do I start? Yeah. And that's not a fun place to be as someone who's an organizer. And I've organized events. I was the lead org for Orlando for the last two years. So, and my degrees in event management. <laughs> I've been doing events for a while, but the biggest thing is making sure that there's enough of a jumping off point that you can make it regionally your own because one of the glorious things about the WordPress community and WordCamps is that each one you go to is a little bit different because Mm -hmm. it's community focused and focused to your area. It's not about creating these massive events that focus on everyone. It's about what's best for Calgary, what's best for Orlando. and. That lends itself to uh, a wide variety of opportunities, especially with these youth programs, kids camps, teen camps, things like that, because each one they go to is going to be a little bit different when you have different instructors.
0: Yeah, sounds good. And you're right. There's nothing worse than a blank page, whether you're organizing an event or writing a blog post or whatever it is, right? That blank starting point is always the hardest part to get over once you start getting a little bit of info. Then you can get run with it, make it your own, and have fun. Exactly. So, how long has this working group been around? Um, so,
1: we've been around for about a year now. A You've been doing it
0: longer than that, really, right?
1: I started working on kids' camps in 2015. Okay. So, five years. Cool and it took four of those years working up to finally being having the the group together to be able to move forward as a working group with a mission and a purpose and goals and all of that because nice. you can't just like create a group overnight of course <laughs> <laughs> but
0: it's encouraging maybe for some people to know that if there's a part of contributing in the WordPress space right now, that isn't an official team or community that if you put enough work and, and resource into it, you can make it happen.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and I will tell you, it is an interesting journey looking back at um, all of the, I don't want to call them, they were not hurdles, but just, trying to make sure that my message about why we need the kids and the youth working group in place was properly communicated so that we could actually build it because it's very hard in a community based group of any sort especially as large as the WordPress community is to be able to accurately explain why you're doing what you're doing and why you need more people to get involved. But if you get more people involved and it really is to further the community and that's the key, it's Mm -hmm. not about you or your business or um, there has to be zero self-absorption in it. It has to be about furthering the community. Then you will gain traction. It's about really dedicating yourself to overseeing that and making sure that you're doing doing so in a wholesome manner.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Have you done contributing to any other groups or in any other parts of community? I know that you mentioned you were the lead organizer for WordCamp Orlando.
1: Yeah, so that's, I I live in the community world for the most part. Um, I have not done anything on like the code or the dev side or core or anything like that. Um, I think it would be fun to do something but I have so much time right now locked into between being on the organizing team for WordCamp US and leading the working group. It's, it's pretty time intensive. I mean, right now, I, I mean, I probably at two to three hours a week, just myself, let alone some of the other, you know, working group members. So, you know, for me to, to really try to do anything with core or, Tran- I don't know any other languages the translation wouldn't work like I'm in my head like I'm going through like what else could I do um WPTV needs people <laughs> but, uh, always and transcriptions and everything else with that but uh maybe, that might be fun but
0: maybe you could make a, a Disney language and um, then you could do the polyglots
1: let's let's uh, translate everything into Disney princess yes. <laughs>
0: I know some people that would help you
1: out with that. <laughs> I know at least one I could call. <laughs>
0: yeah. Awesome. So do you have a contributor origin
1: story on how you got started? Uh, so I went to my first WordCamp in 2014. And I was working at an agency at the time where we used WordPress to build sites for cookie cutter sites for um, self storage facilities, and so we were t- we were churning and burning um, sites. I mean, we would probably build ten to twelve a week. Wow. Like it was it was intense, um, and WordPress made that possible. Like that's how it is, right? So one of the really cool things was we got to go to WordCamp Orlando, which. I was like, oh, cool. Conference day off work. This is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little did I know that what came next was, oh, there's meetups. So then we were at the meetups all the time. And then it was, oh, there's one in Miami. So we went <laughs> to that one and that's where I saw kids camp was WordCamp Miami 2015. And so I went in and sat in and watched and fell in love with Everything that was going on and I've always wanted to be in education. I Before I majored in events, I was actually an education major and it was just too difficult to do all of the um, You have to like go and watch teachers and sit in the classroom all day for like weeks on end How does one have a job in school and do this and be a full-time teacher while being a mom Um, one does not. (laughs) So major changed. And I went with second pick, which was events. And so I've always been passionate about education. And so this seemed to me, the best way for me to kind of meld both worlds. I got events, I got education, I was able to help kids. And so that's where I got started. And literally, I have been forging the way ever since. Nice.
0: That's awesome. So, how far? Sorry, I'm clearly not an American and way on the other side of the continent. Anyways, how far apart are Orlando and Miami? Like to drive, how many hours? Four. Okay. So, not too bad if you're going to a word camp, but probably you wouldn't go to meetups. Exactly. Fair enough. That would be like me going to Edmonton and a little bit further. That's about three, three and a half hours. Okay. If you say so. (laughs) I do. I do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and what's interesting about Florida is from where I'm at, I can go an hour and a half north and hit the Jacksonville meetup groups if I wanted to. And that's not too far for a meetup, um, but we definitely go to that word camp. I can go four hours south and hit Miami. I can go two and a half hours west and hit Tampa and hit, they've got one in Tampa and St. Pete. Um, And then eight hours north is Atlanta, so those are the ones that we drive to as far as word camps go. So we have a good spread of being able to hit four to five word camps a year without having to buy a flight ticket. I'm jealous. So
0: we have it. Calgary. That's it. <laughs> Vancouver has started up, but there. Oh, it's been a while since I've driven there. I'm gonna say eleven ish. Ten, eleven hours to drive. That's a little much. It's a little much. And then I don't think uh, you hit another word camp in Canada going east until you hit Ontario. And even then, you'd have to go to Ottawa because Toronto hasn't had one recently. Yeah, it's uh, no there's no driving and then even there's nothing north right now and south i mean there might be something in montana but it would be
1: too far of a drive even for that as well so well and then then you're dealing with borders and like yeah. i know it's not incredibly difficult to go from the us to canada like in and out but still yeah. it's not easy Yeah, it's not like traveling around Europe from what I hear. I've never been out of the country, (laughs) so (laughs) I am pure speculation. And we were
0: so gonna change that this year because you were gonna come to Calgary whether you were ready or not. And although you still can, the year is not over, and we'll see. But we'll see what happens. We will, but I bet you if you haven't already applied for your passport, there's probably not a lineup for those right now,
1: they're shut down. They are um, not doing passport applications at all right now, which that's the whole other thing is just things being weird and moving to virtual. Like, I can go to a meetup in California if they're doing it online because again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went to WordCamp San Antonio last. No, that's the one I'm getting everything mixed up. Yeah, San Antonio a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And Santa Clarita. Is this bad. weekend.
1: Is this weekend, yeah.
0: Yes, although by the time this airs, it will have passed. Yes. But, yes, so I am going to all of these word camps now that I couldn't otherwise get to, which is fantastic. Because so far, I've only been to, well, Calgary word camps. There was, the Edmonton had a word camp couple before Calgary did, but then they they'd stopped. So I have been to Edmonton word camp. And then the only other word camp I've been to is U.S., So, yeah, until now. So that's great. (laughs) You got to see the silver linings, right? That's what I think.
1: And there's going to be more because Kent is doing a virtual one. Uh, Europe is going virtual. Yeah, I'm
0: going to that for sure.
1: Right, right. So I think that we're going to see a lot more options. And the other thing is, like, WordCamp Austin in Texas, they haven't been able to have a camp in a while. but they've been talking about the potential of maybe doing something virtual just because that is much more feasible than a physical event. They have a hard time finding a
0: venue, right? Exactly. Yes. So this makes it much easier.
1: Yes. So just the layout of the city is very difficult for them to find a venue that fits the needs of all of our um, community members. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well,
0: that's um, we're glad that you went to that first WordCamp and the meetups and then everything else that came in. Me too. So you mentioned a lot of different cities around you that you can and have gone to WordCamps. In all of those, and I know you've also been to U.S., have you been to
1: Contributor Day or Hour
0: or whatever?
1: I actually went to my first Contributor Day at WordCamp US last year. Cool. And how was that? So it's it's interesting to me because from someone who's never been to a contributor day before, but who is so involved mm-hmm. with the community, to me, everything going on made sense. But walking in the room, like you see this map on the big screen and you're trying to like find the table that you belong at and there's so many people already sitting down and you're like, how do I find my spot? Like, how do I know where I need to be? But what's really cool is there's a table at the front of people who can help you figure that out. Yeah. Which is amazing. So for me, it was really cool to be able to like sit down and just talk to people about what they're working on and, what they enjoy about their team and I really did just table hop I really was just there to like talk to people being a community person myself Mm -hmm. and just kind of see uh, what the thoughts and concerns and and just in general what the community is up to Mm -hmm. Um, but it was really awesome to see everybody (laughs) working and working together and the kids came in and they were talking to people and it was, it was just, it was magic.
0: Yeah. That was neat. Having the kids event happen at the same time and, and being able to intermingle them for a little bit. That was cool. Um, What would you say is your proudest contribution so far?
1: Uh, I, you know, there's, There's a lot of really decent ones. Um, I think my proudest is seeing the handbook get made because that was a year long project. Mm -hmm. That was probably 14 or 15 people working on it, including editors and we got help from the training team as well. On editing it and making sure that it flowed. I think Um, I
0: contributed about a half an hour
1: of time to that. (laughs) I think you did too. Um, Like, I can't even tell you who all contributed to it just because there were so many hands in the fire. And that made me step back and really realize that all of the hard work and everything that I had done to that point was the culmination of everybody wanting this because they wouldn't have helped if they didn't think that it belonged in the community and so now that the kids and the and the teens feel like they have a place in this community then that means that our community is just going to grow because if you start them young Mm -hmm. then they're they're going to stay so for me that was it
0: And their little minds are just perfect for learning and getting involved. And I mean, it's why they are the future. Right.
1: (laughs) And they like Gutenberg. I have never been in a beginner class so excited about Gutenberg.
0: (laughs) It's because they don't know anything different.
1: Well, I I don't know that that's necessarily true, because if you think about the classic editor, right, and where we came from, that was just like Microsoft Word or Google Docs or whatever. And so, you know, they're used to that, too, in school writing papers. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they would have had a problem with that. And I know they didn't because in 2015, we didn't have Gutenberg. And so, you know, 2015, 2016, all of that. The kids did fine. They were fine with classic editor. You know, it's a place to type your words into the box and it's fine. Um, but but seeing these kids make full blown designed pages using the block editor, phew, mind blown. Like I have seen amazing websites come out of kids camp. That have just blown my mind.
0: We'll need to have a Kids Camp showcase page. (laughs) Because there's the showcase marketing page, right? That has all the different websites. So we need to have Kids Camp showcase. I know there's legalities and privacy stuff and darn kids being too young for things. (laughs)
1: We just have to get waivers. Yeah. Or like blur <laughs> stuff out. <or laughs> I, I hear there's a team that can help put that together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so have I ever told you about the, the girls, their sisters, that come back year after year in Miami and iterate on their site in every kids camp? No, I don't think so. Okay, so in 2015, maybe 2016, they came to WordCamp Miami for the first time to do Kids Camp mm-hmm. and they built a blog all about slime. The next year they come back and they iterate on it by turning it into a recipe site. So instead of talking about the slime that they've built or they've made with pictures, now they're putting out recipes. So We get them a recipe plugin, so that way all the meta and everything is, all the schemas in there, and the meta can be added in. Everything is good. Mom is okay with it being searchable, had that conversation, explained what that means, and they open up the site for Google search. Next year, girls come back, this isn't enough. We want to do more. So what do we do? I talk to mom in the hallway first (laughs) and then we add WooCommerce to the site. Wow. Now we're taking their recipes and they're selling their slime online. So, oh, it gets better. So they leave, they come back the next year. So this is less. So not 2020 Miami, 2019 Miami. They come back with a profit and loss statement that they're so proud of, with ten thousand in profit. What profit? Now, mind you, mom has been making sure that she is paid for gas and groceries, and making sure that all expenses are taken like a true P and L and ten k profit. And the girls showed us their college savings fund. They put 100% Aww. into a college savings fund. So, like, here, here I am just – and I think the first year they were there, it was uh, Kim LaPari, Michelle Butcher-Jones, Sean Hooper, and myself – oh, and Chris Christophe, um, leading – I mean, one thing you have to understand about Miami Kids Camp is there's over 100 kids. Yeah. So it is no joke. We have to have that many people teaching because it is – to say it's organized chaos is probably an understatement. That blows my mind. So for this – these two girls and this mom just to be so invested in her kids, to walk them through and to be okay with it, Mm -hmm. it's like I would – not think that I would be okay with kid <laughs> having their own store like the tax implications alone but still like the educational value of running a business at the age of like 12 oh yeah cannot replicate that in a classroom not a, only like at at regular school right mm-hmm. that's something you're only going to learn doing these types of events
0: yeah, they don't just have their college fund. They have their material for their college application essay, whatever you guys call it.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: right? Like, they've got the material for that too. They have their unique story. That's amazing.
1: Well, and they have a following. And they have, you know, and I know that they didn't come in 2020, but they may come back. And if they come back I, and they ask, what do we do next? i be like, <laughs> What do you want to do like you built a business what do you want next let's go get it yeah (laughs) sky's the limit
0: see wordpress is scalable 100 (laughs) percent that's amazing i love that so okay well then let's jump into advice for new contributors only with a youth twist so if youth want to get involved in the WordPress community, do you have any tips or advice for them?
1: Go with what you know. Um, I can't stress that enough. And, and when we talked to the kids at kids camp at U S with the contributor day going on and we sent them on their scavenger hunt to go talk to people. Um, you don't have to be a developer to contribute They're are plenty of opportunities in teams for kids to contribute and I think it's just a matter of helping them find their place mm-hmm. and them being willing to try some different things because th- the reality is a kid could transcribe word press tv videos all day long if we let them <laughs> <laughs> right like transcribing isn't isn't that difficult? It's tedious, mm-hmm. but it's not difficult. Yeah. Um, it might be some spelling errors we might have to adjust. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, that's what spell checks for. Yeah. So I, I think there's plenty of opportunity. Um, there are several kids in our community and teens in our community, my son being one of them, who are pretty solid JavaScript developers, mm-hmm. and I don't know that we're necessarily helping them find those opportunities either Um, and I it's not a negative thing it's just a lot of contributors don't necessarily think to be like hey kid what do you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when you see a kid or a teen at a contributor day or at a camp engaging with them and finding out what they know and helping them find their place because the reality is most youth aren't going to seek out those opportunities because mm-hmm. they're going to be too afraid to interrupt you know there's a lot of talking going on and things like right. that and so um i think it's really about embracing the fact that they're there and pulling them in
0: that makes sense so good advice for everybody attending a word camp or a meetup or just being around a kid in
1: general. Yeah. Treat them like little humans.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds good.
1: But remember, they're not humans yet. <laughs> <laughs> Treat them like little humans. <laughs> but remember, on a maturity level, they have a long way to go. So they need the extra right. guidance. They need the extra support and they need a little bit of handholding. Um, but yeah, that's, that's
0: a good point. Fair enough. Have we talked about why you contribute? Has it kind of been baked into what we've been talking about or do you have additional thoughts on that?
1: So we talked a little bit about it, but I think, I think the biggest thing about why is not just because I'm passionate about it, but because I see a need. There are a lot of uh, youth in the community that people don't realize are in the community um, we had an entire panel of females that grew up in the community talk about what the community means to them at WordCamp US last year. And all of them were between 17 and 19, I believe. Okay. And they grew up. I mean, they spent the last six to nine years in the community. And hearing them talk about how it just felt like part of their family uh, really showed that, it's important for us to embrace. And the thing about it is a lot of the youth in the community are community members, children. My my son goes to events and he'll actually be 14 soon. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, But you know, the biggest thing about it is him feeling like part of the group when he's there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest, my biggest why is making sure that, when I'm at an event or, um, when I'm talking to people about what they can do is reminding them that kids and youth and teens need to be embraced. Um, because there, we all talk about mental health a lot in the community, but a lot of times we don't think about what they might be going through and what we might need to, um, embrace them just like we embrace each other.
0: Right. And being aware that those kids are there in the community whether you see it realize it or not is also I think a good thing to be cognizant of just in terms of presentations right because I know lots of times you know we just think I don't know maybe this is just sort of from what I've seen in my community in the past not and not like hardcore or anything but we don't really have we have a smaller community so we don't really have any youth showing up at our word camps except for now that we're doing kids camps so it wasn't necessarily thought of to tailor things in a family friendly way but those presentations are meant to be going up on wordpress tv where there are kids And youth who are going to be watching them so we do need to still be aware because that is part of the whole package right so that's a good point
1: you don't have to like kids to be family friendly yeah and
0: and, and you don't have to dumb it down
1: right no i mean literally i have seen kids go to full-blown code talks and come out I learned this and I learned this and I learned that because they already have a base Mm -hmm. and we tell each other this all the time that, you know, don't judge people by what they look like. The number of times people are like, oh, I didn't know you were a developer when I start talking about development things or Mm -hmm. networking things or uh, DNS and how DNS is structured. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I didn't know you were a developer. Um. I hear that all the time, but so does my son. And writing off anyone for any reason is something we should really try to avoid. I know as a community, we do a generally really good job about that. Um, but it's something that I do still see from time to time, especially with the kids. mm mm-hmm. um, And uh, kids have gone to the Happiness Bar to ask a question about their blog, and people are like thrown back by how nice their sites look. (laughs) They're they're using a theme, and it's WordPress. Like this isn't rocket science. Yeah. So yeah, just don't don't underwrite someone, any age. Yes.
0: Fair point. How can people, if they want to help on the youth event working group, how can they get more involved?
1: So right now we are in uh, what I'm calling a transitionary period with everything going on. Instead of having actual meetings where we have an agenda and everything is cookie cutter and you, have to see what's going on. Um, Instead, we're holding office hours. So this is a much more open opportunity to just come in and ask questions and um, be involved. So where you can find office hours is in the make Slack. Mm -hmm. So uh, make.wordpress.org. There is information there on how to sign up for Slack. Um, And it's held in the community dash events Slack channel. So. That is the place to go. It happens every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Provided I'm not late. 5 p.m. Eastern. (laughs) And be
0: patient for Sandy. (laughs)
1: Like today I started it at 5.04. So I'm never too late, but every now and again, because I I get off work at 5. So sometimes. So you just flow into that. Exactly.
0: So if people want to get involved, they can reach out to you there.
1: Absolutely. I am sunsand187 in that Slack. So you can always send me a direct message as well and let me know you want to get involved. We've got a Trello board and all sorts of fun stuff. And I try to make updates or post about what happens in the office hours, if anything happened in the office mm-hmm. hours, on the P2 as well. Um, right. And So if you're not familiar with P2, it's make.wordpress.org slash community. It's just a place that we post all of what's going on. That was going to be my next question.
0: (laughs) And speaking of transition and how things are lately, because we can't have in-person camps and events, what's happening on that front with the youth team? I'm just, I've just shortened it to youth team now.
1: Just seeing. (laughs) We are, we are trying to come up with a way to do something online, something virtual. Um, We don't want to do what we've always done with kids camps where it's, you know, a five hour day all in one sitting. Um, But we are looking for, we're looking for ideas, advice, Um, what your kids want to see. So if you have a kid between the age of seven and 14 or seven and 17, that is looking for something to do and we can help provide content for that, please let me know. Um, So far the conversation has been very much directed around starting sometime in the end of May, maybe beginning of June and having either like something every day for like 20 minutes, a video that goes out or a bank of videos on a website. Um, we're still talking through what that looks like. Uh, so it could be just about anything, but the idea would be, it would be a virtual kids camp program in bite sized pieces that can be consumed on the parents and kids free time. Um, I've heard it from a lot of parents that have said that their kids are getting done with their schoolwork in two and a half to three hours and they don't understand because their kids are at school normally from like 8 in the morning to 3 p.m. So how are they getting done in two and a half hours and then have to remind them that they don't have 25 kids in their classroom that they're keeping (laughs) up. And they're not lecturing, so
0: yeah. and it is also at least here it's a
1: modified curriculum to some extent as well, right? Ex- exactly, exactly. So when you're staring down that, you want to find something that is educational that your kids can keep up with that they can kind of do alone, but do with supervision. But it doesn't have to be full supervision because you've already supervised two and a half hours of school for the day, mm-hmm. um, and so. WordPress lends itself naturally to that. Um, The other thing that lends itself to that is, have you ever heard of Google CS first? I don't think so. Okay. So Google has put together a computer science first curriculum and it is located at um, madewithcode.com. So with that, you can order a kit and you have to, set up a club. And, and I say that like, it sounds difficult. It's super easy. You basically give them your name and your address and how many packets you want. And it has a teacher guide. And one of the ones I find most useful and that I've gathered ideas from is their storytelling, because it's all about uh, how to build story based architecture so learning how to build on climax and plot and um the falling action and the rising action and putting together a solid story and then you can transition that into as they're writing their story you can have them put it as blog posts so you can kind of walk them through you know each step and they can put it as blog posts on their blog roll um, and build their website to be themed to their story.
0: Nice. That sounds like something my son is actually supposed to be doing in their language arts class right now, minus the computer science part, just the creating a story with plot and the climax and the all of that stuff, which is tricky for Nate, but this puts a better twist
1: on it that makes it more fun, I think. It's, it's tricky for- for a lot of kids. And what's interesting is the number of tools that are available through this program don't end there. So like this is one that's in their like language arts set because, and I got it because my son has struggled with creative writing. So that's why mm-hmm. a that kit is what I own, but they have ones that are straight up coding the logic of JavaScript, the logic of PHP, Um, so you could really dive into coding languages from a logic standpoint, and then they could build on that and start coding. And then when they're building their WordPress site, they'll see that, oh, I recognize this now because you can open up the theme editor and the plugin editor and they can pull the files from FTP and they can really see that they can really make this site their own. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. I, I truly believe that Google CS first can coexist with everything that WordPress stands for.
0: That's pretty amazing. And now I have another kit to go out and find. <laughs> <laughs> oh, squirrel, what? Right. Tiny things. And then hope my kid likes it as much as I think it would be cool. Although he does if he can, he likes doing these kinds of things if he can do them with me. So yeah. So that's pretty good. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that we haven't really talked about contributor-wise
1: that you want to uh, make sure you get in? We we need more people in the working group. So if there's anyone who and here's the thing, we need people who are willing to do research on laws. We need people who are willing to write. Um, it's not about being around kids all the time. So I get a lot of people who are like, oh, but I don't really want to be around kids. And I'm like, look, you you don't need to be around kids to help further the ability for them to have a place in the community. Uh, You can be a 100% behind the scenes person. Um, No play is put on without all of the technical people that are backstage. We need the same thing. So, you know, and and core has project managers. Those are non-code people. So there's always a place in every team for someone, and that's that's what we need most of is people willing to research local laws and and make sure that we're we're adhering, because there when you're dealing with a seemingly educated environment, um, some regions, countries, states in the U.S. they want certain things, so. You know, some states require an actual certified state teacher to be in the room or to be teaching. We need to know that. Right. So
0: So the more people in the more places that we can get contributing even just a fraction of time. Exactly. To provide information useful. So if people have questions about how they can help out or if they have questions on how they can get their kids involved or they have questions or Ideas for what we can do with the kids. The kids programming. Then the office hours are a good place to come.
1: That, is an, to am- that is an amazing starting point. And like I said, you can always direct message me uh, sunsand187. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I'm at sunsanddesign there. Okay. Um So that's a good place. And then my website has a contact form, which is probably not a smart idea, but I have it anyway because (laughs) I like to make sure people can reach me. Um, And that's sandyedwards.me. Cool. So that answers what's usually my last question.
0: That's okay because, you know, anything goes, which means that now my favorite question gets to be the last question. Which Witchwapu is your favorite?
1: Manipu. Manipu. I am, I am from Florida, and I love manatees, and Manipu is the rockinest manatee wapu ever.
0: <laughs> is there only one Manipu, or is there...
1: Have I, right now, they, I've only seen one.
0: Okay. I might be vaguely remembering something else as well. Manipu. So for those who have not yet seen Manipu, can you describe Manipu?
1: Ah, uh, Manapu is a gray wapu that has a manatee tail, and he has big headphones and almost like Bose headphones, like the big mm-hmm. AC headphones, and ah, like nineteen eighties t-shirt with like the gold chains. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he's not just cool because he's a manatee. no he's cool every every little piece
1: (laughs) every little bit of Manapu makes me happy
0: (laughs) I look forward to looking him up and as always I will put his picture I'm assuming Manapu is a he I will put Manapu's picture on in the show notes like I do with all of the other Wapoos well thank you so much Sandy for sharing Manapu with us and all of the kids youth teen event stuff and I hope that you get some more people joining the working group
1: and yeah thanks for coming out awesome thanks for having me it's been a blast
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of WP Contribute be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. For more information on how you can start contributing and show credits, visit wp-contribute.com info. Until next time, happy contributing!